1: Hey everyone, this is PJ Farley from Fozzie, Trickster, and possibly your band, reporting to you from the road to let you know that you are listening to the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. And also, I think we all agree Joey Casada should sell meatballs, not books.
0: The information provided on this episode should not and is not intended to ruin or enhance your enjoyment of the music discussed. Also, the opinions of the hosts involved may be considered profane, vulgar, or offensive to some listeners. Most of the following content is not meant for young listeners. We's about to get straight up dirty, y'all. So parental discretion is advised. In other words, earmuffs for the kitties, please. You have officially been warned. Thank you. Oh, and one, two, fuck you. What up? Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode 41. We are calling this one. When I'm kissing Kitty, it makes me hard as a rock and you begged me to put it smooth up in your boom shakalaka, but honey child, we know you only tolerate it for the love of money. You need to go back and play that over, because that shit is straight poetry. Chief, Zeus, brothers, can you spare a dime?
2: I can't believe it took us two months to get to this hellscape right now. Uh, people will wonder, what happened to ARC? You'd be like, ah, nothing.
1: We just,
2: we, we just didn't want to do it.
1: Tony, we did our uh, demon Tear Patreon video, yes, uh on Sunday. Yeah, last night, right?
0: Yep, last night. Okay.
1: Three of the questions were about you. <laughs> uh one was like, "Where the fuck is he?" And uh the other was like, "Why is he on 100,000 podcasts?" And then one was like, "Is the ARC gone?"
2: Like Jesus
1: Christ.
2: Well, like, no, it's not gone. It's just been put on hold because no one wants to do this episode. <laughs> and yeah. if you and if you haven't been able to guess, this is Sonny's pick. Because I don't think <laughs> oh, Zeus yeah. and I I don't think Zeus and I would go near a Mark Torian led <laughs> album.
0: Ooh. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Who what well, well why doesn't Sonny tell us? I'm like, oh, he's like I go, he's like a dollar store David Lee Roth. And uh Sunny called
0: <laughs> Sonny called him what? David Lee Rodriguez. <laughs> That's not my penned name. People were calling him that in 1988. That's so bad.
1: Blonde oh. hair and black eyebrows. What a great look. Just he looks he looks like I was like, it looks like Frederick Douglass with David Lee Roth's hair. <laughs> oh, Jesus. See, this is gonna be bad. I'm like, ooh, Frederick <laughs> Douglass has got some shaking moves on him. Ooh,
2: one, two, fuck you, Frederick.
0: That's why I had to do the little thing at the beginning. Because between course. kissing kitties and shooting preachers and it's just... hard as rocks, and there's all kinds of shit here. And it's Frederick
1: Douglass hip swiveling moves. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. oh,
2: okay. Let's catch our breath. What did, we, what did what how long ago would, how long ago did we
1: do Billy Squire? It seems like we did that like 3 years ago. <laughs> in 1981 we did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Tom, we did a poll? Yes. Uh, best song from Don't Say No, the last album review crew we did Billy yep. Squire's uh Don't Say No. What were the song choices and how did it turn out?
2: Yeah, we got a lot of uh interaction with this poll. So the options were Lonely as the Night, The Stroke in the Dark and My Kind of Lover. Uh Lonely as the Night uh ran away with this one 36% in the dark at 26. My kind of lover at 20 and the stroke at 18. We got a lot of um, positive feedback. We were kind of talking before we started hitting record that usually the more polarizing the album, the more feedback, you know, when when it's an album, like don't say no, that is routinely liked or really liked it. The feedback is a little bit more kind of tepid because it's not like, yeah, great album, great album. Next month, I have a feeling the Bullet Boys feedback <laughs> might be pretty heavy duty, but let, let's get to a couple Twitter comments you on the poll. tepid? Te- yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I got to dumb it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Lukewarm. Does that make sense? Maybe. I don't know. John Schaefer. The riff on Lonely is, is the Night is badass. It's the only correct answer. Our buddy Brad from uh, Patreon. Thanks for the review, guys. Just thought of you all dancing around in your silk PJs. <laughs> Kidding aside, Billy is a great singer. Yes, he is a great singer. See, Frazzle Dazzle says, In the dark for the wind. There was nothing like dropping the needle on the vinyl as a teenager and hearing that sound and the buildup of the opening track. I agree. The opening to In the Dark is friggin' kick-ass. So there's a couple Twitter comments. We want to fly through feedback like we are starting to do. So let's turn it over to Zeus for some book of face comments. Yeah,
1: we got a, a few... Uh off the top like oh great pick great pick you're right tom it's just yeah. generically light and yeah. it's hard to uh get more from that uh brian crazel says to hell with anyone who says an unkind word about billy last i knew he was part of ringo's all-star band that is self an honor on par of higher than the rock and roll hall of fame wow okay lee graham an inescapable album back in high school. Killer stuff. And what a band. From Bobby. How do you say his last name again, Tom?
0: Shenard, right? Shenard? Sh- yeah, Chouinard. Chouinard.
1: Chouinard's thunderous drumming. Equal powerful with Gary Moore, Ted Nugent, etc. To Billy Squire's unvarnished guitar work. Some of these songs are timelessly bulletproof. And completely agree. Lonely of the Night takes the top prize. Sure, some filler material takes the album down a bit. But not much. Over on our loud casters, John Kozes, Accurate review. The album should have been an EP of the first half. It is, <laughs> I am a huge Bruce Kulick fan. I only saw Billy Squires, The Tale of the Tape. I would have thought this would have been reviewed due to Bruce Kulick being on the album. Mm, okay. Yeah, Bruce may be on the album, but <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that is. Me neither. Yeah. Sneed Rock. You know what? You guys are right. I was super excited to hear this, as I thought it was a perfect album from past memories. I hadn't heard the album in a while, and when I heard the review, it was spot on. The highs are in the stratosphere. The lows are pedestrian. It's funny how nostalgia plays a role in what makes an album a classic. Great pick, though. Billy is a legend. Nice. And then he also brought up... Uh, one thing I didn't hear you say, t- uh, tough, regarding the uh, another Kiss Connection. As Zeus said, this is the second record. The first one had, Hi Guys, Bruce Kulick playing on it. Yeah, Bruce Kulick. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, that's what we missed. That must have been his first debut album, right?
0: Well, I don't, yeah, I guess so. Hill of the Tape, I think, was the first album. Yeah, that's okay. That's what they said. Yeah. I Over on
1: our one. YouTube, uh, uh, Andy Patterson makes another, Hey Guys in Kulick's Voice about the funk. Come on, Tom. Mecca and the Soul Brother is a classic.
2: He's right. It is. And I made a joke about that because Mecca and the Soul Brother is Pete Rock and CL Smooth, one of the all-time greatest rap albums of the 90s. I don't think it's ever going to make it on ARC, but yeah. I appreciate the love.
1: Cody Brunette, after listening to this episode, I went out and dug up this album I remembered how much I used to love it. I never put Lonely is the Night and Nobody's Fault But Mine together. Now I know why this is my favorite Billy song. Yeah, it's basically it. Yep. And yep. then George Savastano, fellow Paisan, Tom, I assume. Yep. Great episode. Question. How can someone be interested in the mob and hates the Godfather? Are you fucking kidding me? That deserves a backslap. What the fuck?
0: Sonny. We're back in the movies because the movie sucks.
1: Let me remind
2: everybody who's listening that the same person who says the Godfather sucks is making us talk about bullet boys (laughs) for the month of May. Remember that. (laughs) That's your ARC public service announcement (laughs) right there.
1: it's, It's funny because as I was saying to you earlier, Sonny, like the question is like, you know, w- you know, Sonny with you guys. We're like, Sunny's perfect. There's too many albums in the 90s. Tom and I are going to be like, this is great. This is great. This is I great. Agree. Oh, and no. We add Sonny in the mix. He's going to say, this song sucks. We <laughs> need <not laughs> oh, oh, no. we, Sun.
2: We need, so- we need we, right. We can't have a third person just be like, hey, this is great. Yeah, I agree. This oh, is, yeah, is great. Yeah, this is great.
1: Do you like this? I like this. Do you like this? Yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and then he'll come up with shit. That, we, like, never would be in our wheelhouse. So it's a perfect combination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Sonny, I don't know if your ears were ringing last night, but, uh, yeah, you were a big part of the conversation. And thank you, uh, once again, to all our Patreon guys.
2: Yeah, and then we, were put in, then we were put in the really uncomfortable position of having to say nice things about you. Oh, oh shit. Oh, be, be, yeah.
1: Be, be, because <laughs> yeah. Somebody,
2: some, somebody said, why is Sonny on all these podcasts? We said, well, okay. Because Sonny knows a lot about music and has like good, strong opinions that they're usually very bad, (laughs) but at least they're well informed and they're passionate opinions. So it's good to talk music with
1: Sonny. We we, we mentioned how you're quick on your feet, have a good sense of humor, and you're generally a good guy. But when you're on our show, we got to shit on you. You got to shit on us. It's fucking people like, do these guys like each other? Do you even like sunny <laughs> Like sunny Booney? that's the that's new one. one no so
0: so we're doing this trivia thing and i had come up with a pearl jam question and we're on the monsters of rock cruise right yeah, yeah. like yeah. seven guys in this room and i asked the pearl jam question, pearl jam on it, monsters of rock and it was on the it was something about the second album <laughs> three of the guys Pearl Jam had more than one album. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: And meanwhile, these guys are cheering for Ted Poley on the fucking Monsters. <laughs> Hell, yeah. He was elegant. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Geez. Yeah, Sonny, uh, we, uh, I, I was telling uh, Tom, I spoke with Steve the other day. I was telling him, I, I got through two and a half. I didn't get to part three. I'm like a little oh, yeah. bit in the beginning of part three and listening to your cruise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just got to say this. If Sonny's affiliated with us, oh. Stephen Piercy will never touch this fucking, (laughs) the amount of shit that Stephen Piercy got from you guys, and I feel bad for, what's his name, Chris, who's like, apparently loves, loves Rat and Stephen Piercy. I thought he was going to cry. You guys were so brutal. And I was telling Tom, at one point, someone brought up the fact Stephen Piercy had quietly overcome some health issues, including yeah. Yeah, and your fucking partner, Stephen Michael, gets on. like, "It doesn't matter if you have cancer. You're a professional artist. You need to perform to the highest level of your ability." I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? He's fucking kicking the guy because he had cancer. and He had some vocal problems. I like,
2: expect him to play lack of communication and sound really good."
0: If I, I can pay tell you,
1: 95 for a ticket, I want a refund. <laughs>
0: We'll never get Piercy, and we'll never get any member of Faster Pussycat, because we really nicknamed him Ass (laughs) Pollution. Ass Pollution?
1: Oh, God. I heard Don Jameson say on the new program with Eddie that he's seen, seen Faster Pussycat. Was it him or the other guy? I'm not sure, but said that Jim they've Florentine seen... Jim Florentine
2: or Don Jim. One yeah, them, said yeah. like
1: they've seen Faster Pussycat like a thousand times. They used to perform together and stuff. Why? Shows. Why? And then he said that was the best he's ever
0: heard, have, is heard
1: them in They're years. they
0: terrible. Doesn't matter. They <laughs> weren't the good ever. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a new problem. They were bad from the start. I'm just
1: saying he said <laughs> the complete opposite. It was like the best they've sounded in years. If you say that an
2: 80s band sounds <laughs> the best they've sounded in years now, that's not good. <laughs> Uh,
1: they have, like, some fat guy in the band. And then so some all have basers, fat guys in the I've band. I've seen videos of uh, the bassist, like, being, like, fat. shit face and, like, falling backwards, <laughs> like, <laughs> ham it off his ass. Oh Disaster.
0: Jesus. What did we get off that? <laughs> <you get? laughs> I again? Grass pollution. Sorry. Because
1: <laughs> uh, it just has <laughs> This is what happens. Yeah. So let's get back and finish up our feedback. I
2: think we have some emails, right? Yeah. Sonny, why don't you take your email? And then I got one to read, too.
0: All right, so my emails from Penelope Red. Uh, oh, oh, yeah.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Sunny's so, reading his own email. Yeah, this and,
0: <laughs> and the person actually says something about that, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, good pick. Interesting that I tend to agree with Tom more than others, even though I'm apparently a split personality that Pooney isn't aware of yet. <laughs> <laughs> my two favorites are two Days Gone" and "In the Dark." Now. Now that it's a puny pick next, I decided to make a suggestion of my own to offset the disappointment that's likely to come. Uh-oh. If anything, it'll give you an opportunity to discover some music that'll be new to all of you. My choice is a band called Red Sea. They released an album called Blood in 94, but it's not grunge. You'll find it on YouTube since it probably isn't on any streaming services. I believe it's also available to buy online. If interested, I'll guarantee this dark horse pick will outshine anything. Sonny decides to choose. I'm the better half of his subconscious. Why for now? Well, you, know what he, you are wrong. Has, has anybody heard of red sea? So I went and checked it out because, okay. you know, you sent me this email. Yeah. And so whoever, well, supposedly I'm telling myself, yeah, but tell whoever Penelope red is, I checked out Soul Shaker, Dust of Dust, and Wolves at My Door. Dust to Dust was my favorite. It was very bad company. That singer, dude, halfway between Jolene and Turner and Paul Rogers. It was actually wow, pretty good. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, the the songwriting wasn't great. It yeah. was, you know, it was very 80s. Okay. But eh. um, but it sounded good. It's, okay. it's a little cheesy at times, but it was good. All you right, know what I nice. think it's not was- better than the bullet boys.
1: Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I think of when you read this, Sonny? I think of the guy from um, Office Space. Uh, what band is this? Where Naga, Naga, not going to no, have a n- review that's n- n- on n- the show. N- not going to work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> naga, Naga, not going to work here. Never going to review it on the show, but All thank right. you.
2: One one more email. This is from our good buddy, Gary Cap. Good pick, guys. The three video songs, The Stroke, In The Dark, and My Kind of Lover, made me a fan of this album because you could not get away from these on MTV. It seemed every time I turned on MTV, one of these videos was playing. On another note, ARC must have a worldwide influence in music media. I just received an email about the latest issue of Rock Candy Magazine, and in it is an article on bad English. Sonny was right. I've heard more about bad English in the last 12 months than I have in the last 12 years. Nice. That's oh, buddy. yeah. That's our buddy Gary Cap.
3: All right. This feedback. Let's All get right. into it.
1: Let's move forward with it's not the bullet boys. It's no bullet boys. Yes. Yes. All yep. right. This is your pick, Sonny. So go ahead. Floor's yours.
0: All right. So before we start with history, I figure I start with some stories because Mark Torian is one of those guys. Remember how Bernie Sanders was getting Photoshopped and everything? Yes. Remember that for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. Mark Torian is one of those guys that like, Supposedly, he was at the first moon landing. He was at JFK's assassination. Like why? Like I, if for some reason, he's involved in a lot of shit that has okay. nothing to do with the Bullet Boys. Okay, so I wanted to share some stories with you. You can tell me whether it's crap or not. And I've got some. Uh, uh, well, we'll just go. With all right. So some of the stories. First of all, he worked with Motown. Okay, so Mark worked with elder Barge. Remember who's Johnny? Remember that yeah, song, I'm feel right?
1: Feel the rhythm of yep. the That's night. That's right.
0: Yep. Played guitar for him in, uh, for him on one of his first tours. They opened for Ashford and Simpson, blah, blah, blah. Through that, he meets Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy supposedly was a suitor mentor for him, taught him a lot, and supposedly Benny Medina. Now, if you don't know who Benny Medina is, Benny Medina is like a music mogul. He was an A&R guy at Motown. He was an A&R guy at Warner Brothers. He manages J-Lo, P. Diddy. And supposedly, Benny Bandina is like a guru to Mike Torian and calls him all the time to see what's up with the Bullet Boys.
2: Why? And I I mean that since, no, no, no. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not, I'm not,
0: I don't even know what to believe. Wow. I don't even know if that's true. Okay. 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 All right. Next story. Mark Torian was almost named as Randy Rhodes' replacement. Oh, God. In Ozzy. Okay. So here is Mark's side of the story. Okay. He had the gig. The LA Times wrote a story on it and released it. Sharon gave Mark a date to be ready. They were sending a car to pick him up for the tour. The car didn't show up for three days, so basically they ghosted Mark. Then on day four, Sharon calls Mark's mom and told her that Mark was too young. He was 20 Mm -hmm. to be on the road, and then Ozzy went on tour with Bernie Torme, and the rest is history. Rudy Sarzo, actually mentions it in his book. So here is what Rudy says. All right. One evening, a friend picked up Ozzy, drove him to a rehearsal studio, introduced him to a young local guitar player named Mark Torian. Before the young man played a single note, the friend made sure that Ozzy was all coked up. So pumped up that you would stun a rhinoceros with the amount of blow he took. Oh, geez. Ozzy says, I can't fucking bloody believe it. He's great. He's the next best thing as Ozzy was jumping around the room while Mark was doing a flurry of guitar riffs and hammer-ons. That's it. I want you to start rehearsing tomorrow with Rudy and Tommy. Ozzy told Mark, as a friend, shoved more blow up his nose. The next afternoon, Tommy and I, meaning Rudy, went down to SRR Studios in Hollywood to rehearse with Ozzy's latest discovery. Halfway into the crazy train, Tommy and I looked at each other in total disbelief. Tommy says, damn, that's some new kind of information coming out of your guitar, boy. Because he fr- So Tommy was frustrated, threw down his drumsticks. What do you mean, Mark says? Tommy says, for starters, it sounds like a freaking train wreck. You haven't played a right chord pattern in a solo yet. Have you even <laughs> heard the record? Mark said, well, yeah. And you can't tell that what you're playing is in the wrong key, Tommy says? Well, it sounds fine to me, Mark replied. Tommy and I just shook Looked at each other, shook our heads. we got to call Sharon right now and nip this in the bud. The next morning, Ozzy resisted our advice. Ozzy says, well, how about if we just bring him on the road like we did Brad and break him in during the the sound checks? Tommy says, Ozzy, you don't understand. The kid can't tell whether he's playing the right key or not. He just doesn't get it, and he might never get it. So Ozzy said, oh, bloody hell, I'll call him and tell him he's not going to work out wow so both stories technically i guess could be true right because if ozzy yeah. said you're the guy sharon sense sets it up to pick him up right But then tommy and rudy come back on the other side and go homie's not playing the right key like what do you want me to do and right? then he becomes
2: so, then he becomes david lee rodriguez of the
0: yeah. boys all right mark torian was named as rats guitar player once Yes, I heard that. Yep. So Mark's story is that he was in Rat for a couple of years in the early '80s. DiMartini started with Rat, but he wasn't working out. So Piercy and Crosby asked Mark to join as a guitar player. According to Mark, he helped write part of "You Think You're Tough," but when you research it, Mark's got no credit. Exact quote from Mark's interview was: "Pearcy said I was a great guitarist and a better singer than he was, and I needed to go close start my own thing." That's why I left Rat. Okay. Here's what Blotzer said. Blotzer said, we had a guy named Mark in the band for four months, not a couple of years. He didn't help write any Rat songs. Warren D. Martini left for four months. And this guy, Mark Turian came and played from June to September of 1982. Okay. So believe who you want to believe there. Mark auditioned for Motley Crue in the 90s. Oh, God. Okay. So supposedly Nikki reached out to him, said they were looking to replace Vince. After the audition, Nikki told Mark that he was great, and then asked if Mark knew who the guy for the scream was, because the scream was opening for Bullet Boys. Yep. And that's how Karabi got the job. Wow. Uh Mark says he and Lonnie discovered DJ Ashba. Yep. Right? And that Ashba was in Bullet Boys. So were 70 other members. So you can't really count that. Right. Mark says he told Jason hook to change his last name to hook because his name was stupid from five finger death punch. Oh my but God. you're going to love this last one. The bullet boys discover a band on the West coast. Mark says he and the bullet boys discovered this little band playing in Seattle, basically doing covers, including supposedly a cover of smooth up in ya, Okay. While the Bullet Boys were on tour, they went and saw the band, and Mark told this band that when they're ready to tour, they could open for the Bullet Boys. And in the end, they ended up doing exactly that. We helped discover Alice in Chains. No, I believe that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't yep. believe they were doing smooth up in you though. That's Alice hard and Ch- to believe.
2: Alice in Chains was a ver- was a glam metal band before they became grunge. Yeah. 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 They were line, they were they were very was. they they were they were very glammy before they became like sludgy metal grunge. Yeah, I believe
3: yeah. that. Yep, yep. <laughs>
0: wow. All right. So let's move to a little history. Um, formed in eighty six, Southern California. You got Mark Torian on, well, David Lee Rodriguez on vocals, Mick Sweet on guitar, Lonnie Vincent. So a lot of people think it's Vincent. It's actually Vincent on bass and Jimmy DeAndre on drums. So this story actually all starts with King Cobra, according to Carmine. Lonnie, Mick, and Mark were all in the band, but then took all the songs they intended for the next King Cobra record and started the Bullet Boys. According to Mark, he was hired by King Cobra just to sing on some live dates. Supposedly, Lonnie was already in the band, talked him into it. Money was a major issue. So me, Mick, and Lonnie left. According to Mick, Mick wrote songs that ended up on the first Bullet Boys record because every time he initially offered them up to King Cobra, King Cobra was struggling at the time, Carmine would take one of his songs and start asking people what they thought of it. And then like somebody like Gene wouldn't like it. So then he would come back to Mick and say, well, I don't like that song. So Mick got frustrated and go, well, I'm not going to sh- share any more songs with you that. So Warner Brothers ends up signing them, the Van Halen tie. They hired Ted Templeman, the Van Halen tie <laughs> to yep. produce and Toby Wright to mix. Some say co-produce because he had just finished uh, Justice for All record. According to Mick, there was no conscious effort to be the next Van Halen because Mick is really more Billy Gibbons, Jeff Beck anyway. Yep. Um, but if you ask me, were they trying to bring back like David Lee Roth, Van Halen? I think so. That's just especially in the mannerisms and what, a lot of what Torian was doing. Um, of course, these guys were already influenced by Van Halen. I mean, you got Ted Templeman. You got, they're on the Sunset Strip. They're from Hollywood. Like a lot of comparisons are going to start anyway. So that that is what it is. It probably helped them sell some records. It probably stopped them from growing platinum too, right? Because if you're trying to be the next so and so, that doesn't usually work out long term. Ted is, <laughs> Templeman has said in interviews, he spent a lot of time refereeing because these four guys never liked each other from the jump. They started fighting immediately because the band, the, The record company wanted to wait nine months to release the album after it was done. The manager says, no way. Guys, you don't understand. This band's not going to last nine months. They need to get on the road and start doing shit. Otherwise, they'll be broken up before the record releases. Right? Mick has said in interviews, Ted showed up when he wanted to. Why? Because it was Ted Templeman. We burned about $2,000 a day in the studio. It was so expensive that we would have had to sell two or three million copies to even recoup the record okay so in recent history the bullet boys broke up in the 90s mark has kept the bullet boys alive in some sort of fashion the entire time he owns a trademark 2019 mick lonnie jimmy come back without mark in a a band called lies deceit and treachery which is part of the lyrics of a song on this album with Andrew Freeman playing. They were on the Monsters Rock cruise. They're fucking amazing. Andrew Freeman was amazing. 2020 comes along. The original four decide to get back together. They go back on the Monsters Rock cruise. They actually sounded pretty good together. Okay, First gig was December 2019. Co- coincidentally, their last gig was <laughs> in December at the same place with Gio Gogo, two years later. So what happens is, In 2021, after they played a few dates and then, you know, COVID hits, they had to cancel a bunch of dates, they come back in 2021, play a few more dates, and they have this uh, December 16th date at the Whiskey. Lonnie misses his flight for the show, which to most people, that wasn't abnormal because Lonnie missed a lot of flights to a lot of places during the Bullet Boys world, right? Mick and Jimmy, they want to cancel the gig because they're like, we're not going to play without Lonnie. Mark's like, I'm not letting the whiskey go-go go go downhill or I'm not going to ruin my relationship with them. I've got the bullet boys name. I've been, I've had the great relationship with them anyway. So I'm going to go do the gig acoustic. Mick and Jimmy are like, don't go do this gig acoustic. That is not a good idea. That's not what the fans want. He's like, I'm not letting the fans down. I'm not letting the whiskey go -go down. So he went and did the gig acoustic. I saw some stuff on YouTube. Uh, Mick and Jimmy were right. You shouldn't have done that fucking gig. That gig came out like shit.
2: Okay.
0: Yes. So in the end, the original four break up again. Mick says he's never talking to anybody on that side of the world at all, except for maybe Jimmy. And Mark is out with the well, scab bullet boy still. Right. Yeah. So there it is what it is.
2: Yeah. Oh, good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I don't. The only thing I know about the Bullet Boys is obviously Smooth Up in you. Then, you know the uh, the lead singer and the constant. I, I don't, and I mean this like you know seriously. You know, let's let's have a discussion about the band and everything you mentioned already. I don't understand. Even Wikipedia says Torian drew comparisons to David Lee Roth. Yeah. From whom? Yeah. How what what was it the blonde hair? Was it the Ted Templeman? What was it? I I, I don't it's
0: the mannerisms on stage.
2: Okay, that's that's it. Okay, because I don't when we get into the track by track, I'll tell you who I really think he reminds me of, but it's not David Lee Roth. And 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 for years I've I've you know, oh Ted Templeman, and they were gonna be the next Van Halen. Like, I don't know what you guys are on right now, but they were not gonna be the next Van Halen.
0: Yeah, no. So I'll tell you how it came about the album. Then obviously I'm going to pass yeah. it on to you guys. Yeah. It was smooth up in you. The video on MTV. Yeah. I remember hearing the vocal thinking, who the hell is that? And then listen to the song. I hadn't really heard a lot of Motown or soul or R&B. I'm, I'm 19 about to turn 20. I'm 18 about to turn 19. So all of the songwriting felt a little different, right? Because it had an element of R&B and kind of soul in it. Um but it felt different than what everybody else was doing at the same time was a little bit familiar. Then I started hearing things about they're the next van Halen. I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I'm listening to the guitar player and he ain't fucking Eddie van Halen. That's for damn sure. Right. And then I'm listening to the vocalist and he's 10 times better than Roth. So I don't understand why. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What just happened? Yeah. My personal opinion. Okay. His, uh, his vocals are 10 times better than David Lee Roth. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know why they're getting, And then when I watched the video again, I'm like, ah, it's the move. It's they happen to be from California. It's they happen to have Ted Templeman. They happen to be on Warner Brothers. Homie's got blonde hair. He's trying to move around like David Lee Rodriguez here. Okay, gotcha. I bought this album the day it came out because I was working at Target. I was at music movies department at the time, and I was hooked. The song hooked me immediately, and that's how I got into the album.
2: Yeah, the very first time I heard this album is the day after Sonny picked it for ARC. Uh, I was, I, I, I mean, I'm all into, you know, the glam, the hair metal, the Sunset Strip. I mean, we talked about that ad nauseum on ARC about all the different albums we've done. I, I, I love that, but I, I knew Smooth Up In You. Very, very impressed. I mean, in all seriousness, very impressed with the vocals on that. Um, and and very impressed with the groove of the song and how it did it did stick out. It was different from what was going on. Um, I had heard hard as a rock. I don't know if I heard it on satellite radio, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, this is kind of kick-ass, but I just never, I never bought the album and I never really heard anything more about them. Like a lot of these bands, even if they had a second or third album, you would hear like one song or another song. I never heard anything from them. And then it just became like this, like written in punchline, like, oh, who the bullet boys. It just became like a punchline. (laughs) Um, so, I, I mean, uh, full disclosure, when you pick this, I'm like, he's got to be punking us on ARC. There's there's no <laughs> way. There is no way Sonny really <laughs> likes this album. But you just did a 10-minute News Center 5 analysis of the history of the band. So I, <laughs> I know you like this band.
1: So you guys have done Highway to Hell. You guys have done... um Automatic for the People, Pearl Jam's 10. We have never had a breakdown of the history (laughs) of an artist on on this show more than we just had on the Bullet Boys. God bless you. More power to you. You had the info. I'm glad you shared it. Um, The Bullet Boys. Bullet Boys, not the Bullet Boys. I apologize. Sonny, this was my go-to. 88, 89. Any kind of album that uh, came out from this era and this type of music that hit, I don't know, Countdown, that hit, uh, uh, what do you call it? Headbangers. Headbangers Ball. If it made it, I saw it. I got into it. So when I heard this song, I was like, this is, I liked it. I liked the song a lot. And back then I was really into images of bands. So I'll be honest with you. I'm like, this guy's a fucking goof. (laughs) <laughs> so let me see what else comes out. And when they came out with their second one and it was for the love of money, oh, I was God. like, fuck that band. Fuck I hate these listening. guys. And so I never listened to any of these other songs on this album. I didn't know what I was going to So When you pick this, I didn't know where this was going to fall. Am I going to get a bunch of stupid shit? Like for in my mind, for the love of money, or am I going to get smooth up in your you know nine other tracks like that well eight cuz full Love money is the other one um so it was it, it was a discovery for me i hadn't heard the band i only heard the two singles that they had and i love it when i get into uh an album review crew episode where i this is all new to me and you guys have no idea where i'm going to come down on this so uh, yeah that was that was uh my discovery of bullet boys debut So, all right, um,
0: cover. Uh, This cover has always been interesting to me because it has. Yeah, because I like I like the photo. The part that's interesting to me is when the bullet is going through, I get it on the where it's coming out of that. The Apple would, you know, feather out, I guess. Yep. But why is it feathering out on where it went in? You would think that it goes in like into an asshole. It, it de- comes yeah. out the other of co- side. Of, of, course course nice of, image.
2: of course, Sonny's <laughs> reference analogy is something going into an asshole. That's how he. Yeah. Sonny. It, 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 honestly, it depends on the kind of bullet. That's
0: oh, as, OK. As, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. But then I, I, show, I sent you guys that YouTube video. I'll put that clip yeah. of the YouTube video I sent in. Uh, when we release the uh, yep. when we release the episode, I'll put it on the in the yep. Facebook thing. Yep. But when I saw it in slow motion, I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's that's how it goes. I, mean, I think
2: I, it's interesting. I think yeah, it's cool. Th- it's weird because okay, the Bullet Boys, okay, no, granted, there's a bullet, there's two. The apple is sitting on a bullet. Yeah, the apple, the apple's sitting on like a shell, and then you get a little bullet going through it. But yeah. like, you, you have an apple. Like this is Bullet Boys is like a badass '80s name, and and you have an you have an apple. Like I, I I don't I don't get it. it what do just, you want? Someone's brain to be blown out. No, no, no. I'm thinking I'm thinking of like I'm thinking no, I'm thinking of he like, wants to light people on fire. No, no I'm thinking of some I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like back a fucking Rambo type guy, like a bandolier or like a machine gun or something. Not a fucking slow motion of a apple. Like whatever. It's fucking dumb. But can we talk about that? Can we talk about the fucking horrendous back Picture? cover? Because I'll tell you right now, when I first looked at this, I'm like, "Oh, this is nice. This this, this is a female fronted rock band."
0: <laughs> what are you talking about, Mark's presenting the Bullet Boys? What's
2: the problem, Dude, Mark? That's a woman. <laughs> that- it's Frederick Douglass with David Lee Roth's hairdo. I don't know. Poisons ha- ten
0: times worse.
1: I, I. What is happening right here? Just, just okay. Can wow. I make an observation, please? There's, I have the CD, so it's like a remastered version. So there's yeah. a couple of different clips. Okay. Newspaper articles or magazine articles of the band. Okay. What I picked up on the bass player Lonnie likes to have his top button always unbuckled and then his fucking belt over it. What the fuck is that?
2: That's not a good look.
1: Every fucking photo of him is the same way. Every video is the same way. His top of his pants is unbuttoned like Al Bundy in a Thanksgiving episode, and, and then, then the does. belt is over it. Maybe he just likes the, maybe he's, he, you
2: know, it's uncomfortable to have that top button button then, for him.
1: And then look at the fucking Oshkosh Magosh belt he's got.
2: Yeah. Like I, a I don't...
1: Murph special from fucking.
2: Preschool. I'm sorry. I can't take my eyes off whatever Mocktorian is wearing and doing. It's just very distracting. He's just wearing a jacket. No, no,
1: no. Look at the belt. It looks good. Not. Look at the belt.
0: It it's, looks good.
2: It, it, and what's written in the sand in front of them? This album sucks. That's <laughs> not sand. That's the top of a roof. Okay. W-
0: whatever they. I can't tell. I don't it's, know. It's just graffiti. Okay. What's also interesting is the song list. It doesn't match what's on. The, like the listing of the songs doesn't match.
2: Uh, it matches it, what it, it matches what's on Spotify. That, that's the order on Spotify.
0: Crank Me Up's not last on Spotify.
2: No, I'm, the, the CD, the F9 is the last song on the CD. Yeah, yeah on the, the album.
0: album, it has it different.
2: Oh, I you're have the the, CD. oh, you're, t- you're
0: talking yeah. about the mastered. You you talking about
2: the you talking about the vinyl, Sonny? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the back cover of the CD online. Yeah, it has the that, that's the, the yeah. that's the order that Spotify. My has. My remastered
1: yeah. version is is correct, I believe.
2: Yeah, you remastered. Have- is, is 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 it all new songs? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all I want is the next like Creatures Fest or Cruise that Sonny's on is to fucking parody, parrot this image. Of him wearing his pants, his top button of his pants off, and a big belt going around there.
2: Open up the inside of the CD Zeus. Take the CD out. What's the image under the CD?
1: This guy. The cartoon guy. Yeah. From yeah, the video.
2: Okay. Well, he's got an axe splitting his head in half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be- you know why? Because I think that's the look that we're going to make after we had to listen to the <laughs> album.
0: The All these cr- cartoon thingies, I didn't quite get.
1: I
2: don't, I don't yeah, understand I don't
0: get, it. I don't yeah. get any
1: of it's it. It's like that crumb guy. It looks like those type of yeah. cartoons or whatever. Uh, uh, what, what is this look? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that, that's the face you make when you say, I can't believe they paid me to do this.
1: I don't know. But this know. is what I was talking about, Sonny. Look at all these, like, magazine articles.
0: Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. He's got the
1: same fucking thing on every one of his hands. <laughs> what the fuck?
0: It's his, uh, you know, it's his look. Don't be hating on Lonnie.
2: Oh, my <laughs> I, had, God. I had
1: too much turkey for Thanksgiving. I gotta Al bundy my pants.
2: But I'm ready to shoot the preacher down <laughs> <laughs> with my top button undone. I'm
1: gonna be throwing ropes at the preacher. <laughs> God almighty. Oh. All right, let's get some facts. There There are, there's more. (laughs) Yeah, the album came out uh, September 20th, 1988. It made it all the way up to number 34. The album went gold. It was produced by, yes, legendary Van Halen uh, producer Ted Templeman. And uh, Sonny mentioned it earlier, engineered by Toby Wright, Toby Wright of Carnival of Souls. Yep, and also of Alice in Chains. Yep, so uh, Toby makes uh, a couple appearances on our show uh and that's what i got on this uh album yeah this this is interesting
2: so Kerrang! magazine oh. which is you know one of the one of the more popular like rock metal magazines gave this album four and a half out of five stars yep what the fuck
1: how Sonny Pooney was a writer for that. Sunny Sonny oh. Pooney wor- worked for Kerrang magazine <laughs> during his during his shift at Target when he bought this. He also worked for Kerrang.
0: I will tell you before we kind of start on the tracks.
2: Yeah, go
1: ahead.
0: You got the hair metal fans, the melodic rock fans, whatever you want to call them. That's yeah. basically what I am. And then you got, you know, somebody like Stephen Michael, who's a little bit older, he's into the new wave of British heavy metal. You got Righty that's into the, some of that crazy power metal screamo fucking pirate metal shit. Uh, BC's kind of the same way into like Lizzie Borden and all that fucking crazy power shit.
1: Power Tiger. What is that right? band that he listens
2: power to? Wolf.
0: Power, power Wolf. Power Wolf. Yeah, yeah. You get all these guys in a room, they would tell you this was the last good album from a hair metal band. Until what? like wow. Tango and Bangalore Choir and fucking Sea Hags and all those fuckers fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. This was the last. This everybody in that room would agree. Great album, like so that's like why debut
1: album by a band, or no, like just a great general. Album. So like just they, a great rock Molly album. Cruise and Rats. Afterwards, they suck. No, no, no. They the love e. all
0: that stuff. They love all that stuff. Okay, but this is probably the most folks in our genre of music would say this was really the last of the good hard rock until hair metal basically became a parody of itself. Now, you can't say, yes. you know, what Kiss is doing and Crew is doing. Those guys are legendary fucking bands yeah. by this yeah. time. But the stuff that comes out after this, dude, some of the shit is just unbelievable. So that's why the Kareans of the world give it four and a half stars, because yeah. anybody who loves this genre of music, whether they really I'm really not a huge Bullet Boys fan. Totally. Overall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anybody who's kind of this melodic rock fan, this album kind of hit home after you get past the shit of it's a wannabe van halen bullshit yeah yeah
2: i think the i think the thing for me is and we'll get into the tracks we'll start that up shortly in 1988 i can see this album being huge i can see it being different and loved and the vocals are soaring and you know the songs are whatever to me and maybe i'm kind of Putting the cart before the horse here with this. I, I just feel like it doesn't age well. I, I just think it's very 88. It just doesn't stand when you, when you listen to some of those other albums from 88. Yeah. You can tell that they were from that era, but they still sound like, okay, like this just sounds that it's, it's just, it's that era and that's it. So I, I, I won't disagree with that. I could see back in 88 people like, okay, this is, this is pretty kick-ass. It's a good rock record. Yeah.
1: Ready to go.
3: First track.
0: A rock, all right. So song's got a lot of punch. I love that it starts right away, and goddamn, dude, the earworms, the bass notes right for the lyric starts, the every double snare hit, the harmonized vocal 40 seconds in, the start stops in the perfect places, the tip 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 tips, the vocal gymnastics at the end. Like, if you want to show or have an alien hear what 80s sexed up hair metal sounded like this is the perfect 187 seconds to have them listen to i absolutely love the kick-ass start to this album and it just shows this song shows you don't got to be a superstar you don't got to be a musical genius you don't need holly knight you don't need desmond child you don't need all that stuff you just need Somebody who can sell a, sell a melody, something that's a little sexed up, and it's got some, I don't know, just hum ability, And you remember this shit forever, dude. Awesome, awesome song. It's shitty that it was not a single.
3: I
2: totally agree. I think this song is a fuck. I, I don't know how this song was not an 80s staple. It's got an incredible groove. It's just got like a like a driving, it, it's like a great driving song. It's just got a simple up-tempo, mid-tempo beat. The chorus is catchy as all hell, like what you said, Sonny, about about the little bass noodling in between. Um, the vocals at the end, I'm like, all right, this guy... I don't think I've ever said settle down more in the during <laughs> It I'm Like, I'm like, this guy needs to <laughs> fucking get a grip here. But I love how right around the same time, Kiss puts out a song, You Make Me Rock Hard. Then you got them doing Hard As A Rock. I love that late 80s, that sexuality... The song kicks ass. Now, when I first heard this, even before Torian's vocals, just the beginning of the song and the vibe, I'm like, this sounds, this is giving me an all systems go Vinnie Vincent, late 80s. I'm, I'm feeling that a little bit. And then as soon as Torian gets into the vocals, I'm like, this sounds like a long lost relative of something from Vinnie, which I love Vinnie Vincent invasion, both albums, especially all systems go. But I was like, "What a fucking great, great leadoff track! This this song,
1: this song should have been huge. I, I, I'm surprised it wasn't." We're talking about the Bullet Boys here, Tom. I I've been listening to you shit on this album for <laughs> since the start, it, you just made this sound like fucking this is Metallica. There's,
2: there's ten more songs. <laughs> Believe okay. me, there's 10 all more right, songs.
1: All right. All right. All right. Down. That's why I'm like, oh, man, he's letting me down. He likes this. Oh, oh no, no, <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. There's 10 more songs, my friend.
1: OK, so uh, I was asking Sonny before this. There just seems to be discrepancy with the lyrics and who wrote what. And, and then Sonny kind of elaborated and told me, yeah, that's part of the problem. They're all fucking arguing and fighting. <laughs> so this is credited on the. Uh, album that I have, the CD, the remastered version of this, yep. it, it says Bullet Boys. Yet the next song, Smooth Up India, will say all four members. It just says all four. So isn't that the Bullet Boys? <laughs> and then there's a another one that says Bullet Boys slash Morris. I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't get any information on Wikipedia or this fucking you know album. There's nothing sin about anybody named Morris. So I don't know. This one, I'm just going to say it was written by Bullet Boys, okay? So I didn't know what I was going to get, as I told you. Am I going to get smooth up in you? Or am I going to get, for the love of fucking God, Christ, stop playing this song. This is a fun opening song. This is very cliche of the albums that I bought and liked when I was growing up during this time. This This song would fit right in. It's a fucking rocking song. It's got melody. Oh my God. A a band that has melody. Like that's the kind of melodic rock that I enjoyed during this era and stuff that I would play without somebody else needing me or me trying to see approval. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like this band. No no, 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 no one's around. I will play this. That to me is the proof that I like something. Um, This is a fast rocking song. And It's the little things that I think I I, I agree with Sonny about the Van Halen things, like the little comments that he makes. Let's ride. He starts us off, right? Yeah. And he does these, and I think the correct phrasing that you call it, Sonny, is these vocal gymnastics that are all over this fucking album. And I'm shocked that you didn't bring up that he digs the way that you do do me, whatever the fuck that stuttering party does in that song, Um, or the g string shivers. Hot as a cock, hot as a cock. Oh, nice. Like I, I just, it's a fucking great rocking song. I'm glad you said Vinnie Vincent Invasion, Tom, because yeah, yeah, now that you say that, I get where you're taking. Like yeah. where you're thinking this is going, I would put this in there as a, a that. I'd also put it as as a fast driving, great white type of song. Yep. And okay. I'm gonna say this off the top. I don't know if like if Torian is better than David Lee Roth because if you had him sing on the on Van Halen albums, I don't know if I would like them like better.
2: Right. I know what you mean. But
1: yep. he is. Oh fucking! I didn't realize this. What a fucking vocalist this guy! He's got some pipes. Yeah, he's good when he's singing, but no, he's going. Oh, wow, oh! oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> he loves to show that off. I'll be honest. Ugh. I enjoy it. No. I am enjoying it. If I could do what he's doing, I don't blame him. Fucking go nuts with that shit. He is fucking amazing talent. I, that boy's got that, talent. You know, how the fuck was he the guitar player? No wonder they're like Stephen Pierce. He said, brother, you sing better than I do. You might as well friend your own fucking band. <laughs> Poor Stephen Pierce. He's never coming on. But anyway, yeah, I'm agreeing with you, Sonny. Um, great way to start off a fucking album. But I also feel like this is kind of a sleazy album and sleazy oh, yeah. rock and has that little faster pussycat fucking alley guns kind of vibe to them yep they're not very if you look up anything it'll say glam metal band bullet boys i don't know if i'd call them glam metal
0: sleaze metal
1: yeah that's what i would think that this is
0: sunset strip stuff there's no yeah, doubt yeah, about yeah exactly it's
1: fucking cool though yeah how yeah, can this
2: I think song is metal-
1: there's 10 more songs yeah Nine actually including Whatever nine. Yeah It felt All right. like ten <laughs> Like ten thousand <000. laughs> Alright Let's go to the next song Smooth opinion.
0: opinion some thinks some think it's smooth opinion some think it's smooth hell opinion that? dude i am not bullshitting smooth 1988 opinion 1988 people could not tell what the fuck he was saying before the internet yeah, deck right point. so yeah, yeah. all right so where does smooth opinion come from so here's what mark said in the interview when algebra <laughs> God, this is hard oh, to say. the L- yeah, sentence is saying.
2: coming out of your mouth right now say it
0: <laughs> when El devarge was trying to pick up on his female friends, he would always tell them, if you come home, <laughs> if you come home with me, I'll go smooth up in you, smooth as a baby's bottom, smooth as the finest silk you lay your body on, so you that's where I got the idea. Oh my God, always
2: well, is. Bullet boys are influenced by DeBarge.
0: I lost wow. my
1: case. Pencil mustache.
0: <laughs> so also, supposedly, Gene was supposed to produce the album. So Gene had seen, heard the song. Gene said, you know what? You should write simple songs about simple things. Don't worry about the radio. And then Mark kind of thought, well, slide it in. The stroke, lick it up, was all getting their place, So, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to go do this. It was the first single. It basically fell on his face. The album was dead on arrival. Like it was, it was not doing well. Video hits MTV 24 hours, bam. The song is huge. All of a sudden, they're sold out the next three nights and they're like, what does happen? Right. So people listen with their eyes. I love the a cappella start. I love the groove. I like that it's more about the vocal and the melody. Then all the other things you get the, you know, you get the very Zeppelin middle thing before the solo doesn't last too long. You got two parts of the guitar solo fit pretty good. It kind of feels like an eighties white snake song to me. I think that's why I like it. Again, the vocal gymnastics at the end, it works because Mark can pull it off. And I think he kept doing it over and over and over because he didn't want the comparisons. He wanted the David Lee Roth look and mannerism comparisons. He did not want the vocal comparisons. So he was going out of his way to show that he can do things that Roth can't do. I totally agree with you, Zeus. Mark can't go sing the Van Halen albums. Like there's no way, right? It just wouldn't work. But the song, dude, it should be like on every 80s playlist known to man. It absolutely fits. It's a shame that the single didn't do well without the video, but thank God for MTV.
2: Yeah, Sonny, you kind of touched on a couple things that I have written in my notes. I think of I think a '80s White Snake, but I also think of a little bit of like Robert Plant, like Zeppelin type of groove. The thing that I love about this song is not only the chorus, which I think is just incredibly catchy to this day, but I love what the drums are doing. The the groove in this song is very simple, especially during the verses, it, and it's just got like that sleazy, dirty vibe to it. And I think a lot of people even even me who's like we love all this music we love all this genre this is where i think the bullet boys fall into that category of like a one-hit wonder because people like bullet boy oh smooth up you, i love that so i put it on my mixtape for 80s hair metal i don't know any other song i've ever heard by the band before but if that's a claim to fame that's not a bad thing because this song this song should it, to me it's still huge they play it on hair nation on satellite radio all the time um And I think that's because it's a fucking kick-ass song. It's got it's a completely different type of song from Hard as a Rock, obviously, but uh, it's got that real like just sleazy, dirty vibe, very white snakeish, like you said. And I think Torian on this sounds awesome.
1: Smooth up India again. I uh, as I was saying earlier, it has all four members written as songwriter. The song made it to number seventy-one on Billboard's one hundred and twenty-three on album rock tracks or. Mainstream rock, whatever they were calling it at the time. So I'll tell you a quick story on this. We always used to joke. uh me and uh our other friend Jimmy, I've mentioned him a few times that uh, you know, once the grunge and everything had come in, that this song kind of became like a fucking cliche and almost oh, like a punching bag. A punch a punchline, yeah. So it's like I would always picture like Eddie Vetter in his mumbling ways, we just did a live this next one is uh, for you, Seattle. And then he goes, (laughs) (laughs) be like, what the fuck? Like, this would be the most like, or if he did cherry pie, (laughs) Pearl jam does like, it would just be. So what the fuck are you doing? It's cliche. And it's funny when you think of it that way, because the song is what you said. Any fucking 80s hair metal greatest hits album has to have this and i don't know what i like better the vocals the bass line the drums or the guitar and the solo the whole thing is fucking awesome it's catchy and i like the way that the song just goes they don't rush it there's space They let it breathe. They let the fucking guitar go and the drums and the bass going, and you can hear each instrument. And you get into that. That makes it, in other words, great production. Oh, I send shivers. Every fucking song has got to have something that I'm like, what the fuck is he saying? Shivers. Yeah, I mean, I love the solo. Is a great solo. I love solos that go into it on their own beginning. And then they come right back to the chorus melody and they play it and they put a little funk to it. Oh, it's just so catchy as hell. Let's go to the video. First. I just got to say that fucking wiggle that he, Ooh, it is the worst fucking thing. It's the, Remember, we, I, we were joking about this the other day. I'm like, who was the fucking Celtic guy? He used to call it the wiggle. Antoine Ant- Walker. <laughs> he does a little Antoine Walker wiggle that he does with this, like, little yeah, uh, it's like, not,
0: hip it's, move.
1: It,
2: yeah, it's, not oh. it's, <laughs> no. it's not good.
0: Did, did you notice that the pants said meow? Yes. The video was not good.
1: And those are <laughs> definitely, like, wrestling <laughs> pants. They're not, like, metal pants. They're wrestler gear. I don't know what the fuck he's wearing. The guitarist looks like a fucking B level slash. Look with the big bushy hand and the way he's holding the Gibson and down and a ripped shirt. It and looks like a off slash. Off the slash shoulder? Rip-off. Yeah. It looks like a slash ripoff. The bassist, I can't fucking now. I keep looking at his crotch now that I <laughs> fucking see the photos. He's got the He looks like the Cinderella dr- uh, bassist with the fucking long, straight blonde hair. But they all look pretty cool. Like for that era, it looked cool, except that yeah. fucking, what's the name looks like? It just looks stupid with the fucking the black guy with the fucking blonde <laughs> David Lee Roth blonde hair. I it just it, it it's
0: ruins not made everything. for you. It's made for women, right? It's 1988 and Warner Brothers knows what they're doing. Pretty much. Yep. yep.
1: OK, Frederick Douglass, he needs <laughs> to fucking if they had a better looking front man. Or something different. You didn't look like a weirdo. I, just whatever. But I think it's of the era. The video is typical. I thought it was actually pretty cool. It makes me like the song more, the way they're performing it, because you can hear, like you, you know, as you're watching, like, oh, that's where the bass line. Oh, that's where the guitar so it, it just I thought it was cool. Nobody else has anything. Oh, I
2: I I, st- I was done talking about this like 10 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> you don't want to talk about the video?
2: I said it's not good. <laughs> That's it. What do you want me to say? How bad do you want me to bludgeon this band? They don't look good. He looks like a woman. They're not good.
0: It saved them.
1: Huh? from what?
0: Women, women, dude. I'm telling you,
2: they no like the guy, wiggle. no guy heard this song and then saw the video and goes, "Oh, I love the Bullet Boys now."
0: Well, it's not the guys; it was the exactly. women that That's saved them. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: I thought it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't think it was yeah. bad. The fate. I, I just. Oh, never mind. All right. Let's find out who Joe is and why is he owed money or something. I don't know. Joe Mutter. <laughs> Joe Mutter. <laughs> Joe Mutter here. <laughs>
0: what up oh to joe okay so i have uh, nicknamed that little laugh thing he does because he's latino this we're gonna get canceled because i'm gonna call it the speedy gonzalez thing we're gonna end up canceled we're gonna get canceled
1: Dude, he's spanish
0: yeah, yeah. i'm telling you
2: he's yes. not black
1: no, no. that's
0: why
2: that's <laughs> why he's david, why he's david
1: lee rodriguez and he was definitely a black guy. No, that's I why I'm telling I kept you yeah. Why yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. African-like uh, Latinos. That, that's like, why I'm wondering he's why, like, why Ortiz, calling him Frederick like. Douglas. <laughs> he's, he's like Ortiz. Or, is Dominican Republic. Yeah, but he's, he's Dominican. black Dominican. Right. <laughs> Same thing with Pedro.
2: Here we go. This is the then, last
1: episode. I'm, I'm so glad
2: we waited to do the <laughs> bullet boys because <laughs> this is where we end.
1: Why? It's not racist to say that.
2: There you called him Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass is black.
1: That's why, because I thought he was black, but he's not. He, he's a black.
2: Okay, uh, let's quote. Okay, to quote Seinfeld, I don't think we should be talking
0: about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, getting back to so go Joe. ahead. So, according to Mick, and I'm going to put words in Mick's mouth here. Uh, Zeus, I don't give a fuck what your CD says. I wrote the lyrics to this, right. <laughs> so oh, no. that's Mick. Okay, <laughs> uh, you get the cowbell start. It's a very classic Van Halen-type kind of start, right? You could hear David Lee Roth kind of starting a song like this. Again, dude, the earworms with the snare hits, matching the chorus melody, the harmonizing lyrics a couple of times in the second verse. So these guys bust on each other a lot. But the one thing Mick said positive about Mark, all of these takes of the vocals, two to three at most, most of them, first take. Okay, so he always gave, so that whole yeah, 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 yeah thing at the end, I get it. It's a little overdone. It works for me because I think Mark can pick it off, uh, pull it off, but that's one take. Okay, um, now, the debt that's owed to Joe. The song is about Joe Perry. Okay. Get it? Owed to Joe. Ode to Joe. Yep. Yep. E. Debt that's owed
1: to Joe. Yep, there, yep. You great there
0: you go. There okay. you go. There you go. Um, I love the song, I because it's it's a little crazy all over the place with the vocal, but it's Mark and pull it off, so it's a fun listen and it's a quick song. I I actually really like the song.
2: Yeah, um, Mark is this this too, I have to dis, disagree with you completely because I think he's all over the place. I, I here here are my notes right here for this song. The lyrics and the chorus is dumb. <laughs> the, I said, and then at the end, I wrote, "Why is he screaming and cackling so much at the end of this song?" <laughs> when the song starts, the song starts off the gro- the gro- musically the groove of the song. I, I I don't mind it. I think it's got a good like swagger or whatever. Honestly, I think Mark ruins this song for me. It's just especially when he's like, "What the debt they owe to Joe?" And he's like, "Oh, to Joe!" Like he just starts talking, and I'm <laughs> like, "Oh." I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, this is when the wheels start to fall off the Bullet Boy bust for me here with this song here.
1: Ode to Joe, (laughs) credited to Bullet Boys. (laughs) So uh, I will give you the lyrics. And this is how I knew Stevie had the lips. Joey had the licks. Together, they would blow you away. The train kept a rolling. Right out of control, but they're back in the saddle today,
2: dude. How obvious? I mean, come on. Yeah. Just, I mean, I understand the tribute, but my goodness.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's got a nice groove. There's a good, decent solo here. The debt they owe to Joe. Oh, okay, and then, the- <laughs> 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 shit, baby, just dude. What is with the stuttering? Shit, Mister. Mr Tipton <laughs> they're reading glasses. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I think this song's pretty cool. It's all right. It, again, when I hear this, okay, what I will pick up on is, this isn't a like, oh, his fucking bango Tango, or here's fucking uh, TNT. This is a talented band. I think these music musically, these guys are talented. What gives you that impression? Because they have a good groove and they can write melodics music. So you're so so, so TNT and Bang Tango yeah. can't hang with the bullet boys? No. That's no. where we've gone right now. That just yeah. happened on ARC. Yes. Why? You have a you feel like the bango Tangos should be elevated? No, I think they all suck. The what
2: the fuck are we tango. talking about? This um, isn't Smith Smith. I feel that these
1: guys are a notch above. And I feel, especially with the vocals, way ahead of everybody else, talent-wise. And these and these lyrics, as sleazy and stupid as they are, they work. It works. Works for me. Um we're we're doing pretty good for three songs by these guys. Let's see if we can go to four.
4: That's right Ooh, look out, y'all The men watching late night on TV he Saw scared man came up to me and said Hey, man, I take my hand at here I said, no, 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 mister, please You can't bring a bad boy to his knees He's got a subtle way to say goodbye." out the Shift the preacher day
0: Shoot the preacher down. Oh, load it. <laughs> um, I called these songs. This is me personally. I called them. I call them like Zepp Halen because it's got kind of a blues vibe, but it's got the hot for teacher vibe throughout the song and kind of at the end. It almost ends like hot for teacher too. Um, Mark said in the interview song was written about the absurd evangelists that were on TV at the time. Um, but, you know, people took the song too seriously. The Bible Belt was ready to basically cancel Polypoys because they were talking about shooting the preacher down. Um, I love that the song builds quickly. This song would not work without Mark. Uh, it, it And if you're going to repeat the chorus line over and over, you got to say it different every time, which works. I, I love this song. This to me. This is the best song Van Halen never wrote. This could be a Van Halen song. I'm with you. I like this song,
2: and I think I like it because this is the Bullet Boys trying to do Ice Cream Man. Uh, I, I get the Ice Cream Man vibe because the 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 talking part, and then the and then it kicks in, and it's got that. It 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 sounds. It doesn't sound just like Ice Cream Man, but it has that and a little bit of Hot for Teacher in it. And I think. The groove of this song, the fast up tempo, this suits Torian's vocals. I think he does a nice job. I think the fucking the preacher breakdown is hilarious. Just put your hands upon the boob dude. <laughs> like <laughs> and they'll all be healed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think the chorus with him just wailing, shoot the preacher down. I'm like, all right, this is cool because you're right, it's definitely Van Halen-ish. And I think it suits the band and his vocal styles very well. So this, to me, this is, a, this is a good recovery from Ode to Joe, because I, I think this song's pretty cool.
1: Shoot the Preacher Down, written by the Bullet Boys and Morris. Who the fuck that is? I don't know. Yeah, I got the Van Halen vibe. I also got a little bit of a sucker in a three-piece, kind of just the fast the like in laughing and just having fun with it. You mean the best
2: uh, yeah. song on OU812? Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: the drumming, I felt a little bit of Alex there, a little as well. Yeah, this is the most Van Halen kind of tip of the hat to, he does have a great voice. That's why I wrote down yeah. on this. He has a yeah. great voice. Yep. But I have to, I, I can't not let's say something. Did he say in the beginning of this song, looky here? <laughs> no. It's there in the lyrics. L-O-O-K-Y here. No,
2: no it's, it's, it says, oh, it's, it, it that's off. I, the first thing I hear is, oh, Lordy.
1: But like towards the
2: beginning, he says. Oh yeah, no, he, he doesn't know. He says, he says, I saw a scary man come on to me and said, hey man, take my hand. Looky here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: It's the old black OJ skit from it's fucking like, Howard it's, Stern.
2: It's like st- we're gonna get fired.
1: Yeah, <laughs> looking he here, what? But, the
2: fuck? but he can, but he can pull it off because, because he's, he's, he's black. A, he's, a, he's a minority. He
1: can do it. No, he he's black. He's not black. He's black. He's a black Latino. He's blonde. <laughs> what would you call the guy that's in Two Live Crew? Chinese. Chinese black. There's no such thing as Chinese black. What is Tiger Woods?
2: Ablanation.
3: A golfer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> remember, right. remember in the fucking uh, Chappelle show? Didn't they do the race draft? The race he, he got moved over. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the cover track. Next. Oh, oh boy.
0: For the love of money, bullet boys sing. Um, all right, so conflicting stories on this. Again, these guys don't like each other very much. So Mark's story is, I had the idea of doing the song because of my R&B background. We just started working on it, and the guys played it amazingly. We came up with our own rendition of the song, and Ted really liked it, so we threw it on the record. Mixed story. I demoed it in King Cobra. Ted asked me to bring in other ideas. I played a demo for him. He heard it on the demo, liked it. So I brought the idea to the guys. So they're both trying to take credit for this thing. And, you know, I think we're going to be on different planets on this thing. I actually like the groovy start. I love the call and answer type feel. I think this is how Van Halen would have done the cover if they did it. Mark screaming in the song worked for me. I like the little bass riffing they did in the middle to keep the original around a little bit. Love the way the song ends. But you got to remember, I'm 18 years old when this comes out. I had not heard R&B yet. So this opened me up to the OJs, which I hadn't heard before, which opened me up to the Temptations. So songs like Ain't That a Shame by Cheap Trick or Chain of Fools by Little Caesar or Dancing in the Street by Bowie Jagger. That's what kind of got me into, oh, there's other music I can go enjoy. And I love Motown today because of it. Mm -hmm. So it has a place in my heart. I actually in my heart this is one of the best covers a hair metal band has done. I, I love this song. Oh, wow. Uh
2: okay, so when the so I'll be honest with you, when I saw the title for the love of M- never in a million years that I think this was a cover. I just was like, okay, so it starts off and I'm like, okay, I like this groove. I like what's happening with the drums, the way the cymbals are just kind of rolling, the bass groove And then I'm like, oh no, this is a, oh no, oh Oh, no, 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 don't do, stop, don't do this. And then I was just like, ah, like everything I, I, everything that Sonny likes about this song is the things that I, that I don't like about this song. I do like the little bass breakdown in the middle, but like, I mean, if I could try to say something nice about it, Torian's vocals are sound really, really good in it, but I just, I just, we've always, we've talked about it. Winger doing Purple Haze was completely unnecessary. This is right up there for me.
0: I blame Ted. Oh, I do too. I blame Ted. I think he looked at it going, guys, you don't have, you don't have a ballad on this album. You're going to have to do something that the radio is going to play. Guys might want to try blah.
2: And like he said, I mean, Van Halen did covers all the time and they were successful in pretty much everyone they've ever done that's right so they probably figured let's try this but i don't know
1: uh for the love of money kenneth gamble leon huff anthony jackson it's the song that first recorded by the ojs number three on the r&b chart number nine on the singles chart it's the fucking i think of the apprentice i think of that this song for the bullet boys this made it to number 78 on US Hot 100. And number 38 from Mainstream Rock. <laughs> this is just. This is stupid. Yeah. I, yeah I don't get it. So it's it's like. I guess the, I would say this. It's like. Um, I don't know. Rat going. You know. Track of My Tears is a great song. Let's do a cover <laughs> of it. Yeah. Because it's a great song. Doesn't mean you should do it. So, again, it's just, there's no fucking possible reason that these guys should do this song. First of all, it doesn't work in a rock and roll, hard rock band. If With all the songs that we've gone through, this sticks out so much that this shouldn't be in their wheels. Great. Mark could sing this maybe in his own personal soul station on the side. Why are you making this fucking band? That's rocking out with hard as a rock smooth up in you. And then you go to this, like it does whoever the manager is fucked up because I think this killed their momentum. As I said, like when I was waiting for their next song, if hard as a rock was their next song or uh shoot the preacher down, I'd be like, Oh, these guys are fucking rock. This is just stupid. Isn't yeah, no- that? Well, I, th- I,
2: you bring up a good point. It's one thing to record it. It's another thing to release it as a single.
1: Yeah. Which, I'm going to get to, you know, and of course, he can hit all those uh, vocal gymnastics. But yeah. what I want to get to is the part of this is if you look at the video. And, and the video will help explain why I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's a performance video. They're in concert. And you got people in the crowd. There's no way they're rocking out to this song. It doesn't work. You got people in the crowd like throwing their fists. Like fucking, like they're in a mosh pit to this song. Yep. it It's just stupid. It didn't work. It's dumb. It's Can they do it? Yeah, they did a version of it. Wonderful. It doesn't make sense for this album. I think it's uh, career-wise fucking horrible for them. And I never took them seriously after they did that song. And I saw that as their second single. I didn't buy the album. I never got into them. And I they became... Oh yeah, smooth up India. That fucking song's awesome. But I, yeah. I why do I need to get into uh, the rest of their catalog? They're doing stupid shit like this. Uh, and anybody want to talk about the video? Or are you guys all set?
0: No, it's just a performance video. Like, no, the sideways jumps aren't yeah. very <laughs> masculine. No, no, <gasps> not good. Those those were a little interesting.
1: Yeah, him throwing on the shades in the middle of the video. No,
0: and- no. And the show in the Kim Possible, uh, I don't know. I didn't need just, that either.
1: The Wiggles got to wiggle its way out. I would, have rather, <laughs> I would have
0: rather have seen the Wiggles perform this.
1: <laughs> the Wiggles. <Yeah>. It's just <laughs> fucking dumb. Bad, bad business decision. All right. We know Sonny's been dying to get to the next song.
0: Kissing Kitty, Mount and Scream. Yeah, I like it. Uh, bass and drums really matter to this song. Mick brought Kissin' Kitty to King Cobra. Carmine absolutely hated it. I think what Carmine was trying to do with King Cobra was he was trying to do something somewhat serious. And he was worried he was going to end up in this 80s hair metal, sexed up, sunset strip bullshit. And he comes from the 70s hard rock Rod Stewart, the faces, and he wants to be serious, right? I love the guitar riff. I love the pace. The song gets me moving. I love that earworm of uh, Kissing Kitty and then, right? And then you get. I'm getting all my knees kissing Kid A right the, on the second I, earworms, fucking incredible. Then they change the earworms different on the last chorus and the big live ending. Dude, I could listen to this song every day of the rest of my sexual active life. It is on my get busy soundtrack. I fucking love this song. This song is so great.
1: There are a lot of females out there that want to know about the Sunny Poony Get Busy soundtrack.
2: <laughs> oh, it'll yeah, we it'll baby. be it will we'll be releasing that as a special pre-order on our <laughs> website soon. Yeah, you get, Spotify playlist maybe, yeah.
1: <laughs> it'll
2: it'll Poonie be on get it'll, it'll track. It, it'll be on uh Mark Torian uh <laughs> swirl vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kiss and Kitty, I fucking, I love this Because I love, I love Vinnie, I've said this before I love the Vinnie Vince Invasion I like Faster Pussycat, I like Britney Fox I like the sleazy, dirty LA glam metal This is a lost Hit from all those bands That I just mentioned I love it, I think the chorus is awesome The groove is awesome Torian sounds great The lyrics are ridiculous and catchy And awesome why would you not release now? Again, I know 88, 89 is different Arrow Why would you not have released this as a single? I think this thing is like, is hooky and catchy as all hell. This is I love this, and it's hilarious.
1: Kissing Kitty, credit to written by the Bullet Boys. Uh yeah, this is so of the times. This is so cliche, but it's fun and groovy. <laughs> Yep. It is so bad, it's that good. it's good, yes. yes, it is so fucking horrendously cliched about everything the way the music is, the lyrics, his vocal gymnastics that he's doing uh, and the solo <laughs> does he say a pretty with a titty?
0: oh yeah, <laughs> of course he does, oh yeah.
1: Yes. Give me a taste kissing kitty has been said in my house for a fucking month straight. Give me an kiss kissing kitty. Well, wow, wow Yeah. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> shake your shoulders. <laughs> Woo. I love it. Kissing, give me a taste kissing kitty. Oh. okay. Next track. <laughs>
0: On my heels. All right. So, story time. I worked for Target for 14 years. I almost got fired on year two. We're stealing this album? Thanks to fucking Tony. Uh oh. Okay. So, it is Christmas '88. We've been playing, we both work in music movies. We've been playing this album over and over and over. What we used to do is before the store would open, we would have a mic, like a phone on the speaker yep. and put the phone in front of the boom box and let it play, and then it would play overhead, right? We're on a day, fucking Tony's got this CD in, and I'm bebopping, doing shit all over the store or whatever, and we're going to open early that day, and I forgot we were opening early that way because it was Senior Citizens Day. Oh yeah, Kissing Kitty okay. <laughs> As Kissing Kitty's finishing Yeah, They're going to go Open the doors
4: I'm like, Can I fucking turn, on you know, like turn off As the music
0: Turn off the bullet open boys open the door On Senior Citizen fucking day And the first thing my senior citizens hear Is one, two, fuck you Fuck you <laughs> And I'm like, I'm getting fired today Somehow, nobody heard <laughs> What a, what a, I mean, we're going to, we'll get to that song,
2: but what a great fucking way to walk into a target.
0: (laughs) One, two, fuck Fuck you. you. All right. So the song, Uh, you get the, ooh, honey child, by the way, if you're wondering how many honey childs are in this album, there's four. The second one's in this song. I love the verses. I think the chorus would be boring as fuck. If Mark wasn't screaming. When he says, clean up my act, dude, for some reason, if I'm listening to it in the car, I start singing along. I don't know why. I don't know if we needed the Speedy Gonzalez thing in the middle of the guitar solo. Uh, okay. But then that breakdown, when he says, when you're in the pocket, and then the cowbell hits, dude, total earworm. And then it builds back up to another big live ending. Dude, it's hard to hate on this song. I really like this song.
2: The intro is just incredible. We already mentioned that. Um, you said it. The chorus is lazy. It's The chorus is boring. Um, but at this point in the song, or, or I should take that back. At this point in the album, I'm getting like, I'm starting. I'm honestly, I'm starting to get like, like tired and bored. And I'm like, Mark, you need to shut the fuck up. It's too much. Like, I can't. Uh, the song is too slow. This is a band. I hate when bands do this. The Bullet Boys are a band that, in my opinion, succeed when they're doing something mid-tempo, upbeat, hard as a rock, kiss and kitty, shoot the preacher down. I don't want to hear this. This is not what I want to hear from them. And I don't think they do a very good job of it. And I think the only thing that salvages it in any way is, is Mark's vocals. But I, I just think this is kind of a, like a,
1: kind of a bore of a song for me. Hell on My Heels, Bullet Boys, and Morris. Fuck is that Morris Day in the time? So, you know, we already talked about the opening. One, two, fuck you. I think this is a little ACDC. I, I hear maybe it's because the lyric, hell, hell's bells, that, you know, guitar crunch and move and the groove that's going with it. And hell on wheels, Cinderella.
2: Yeah, I thought of that it's too, the, It's but the vo- It's the
1: chorus of the hells. Uh, the vocals are fantastic and that breakdown, mid breakdown, take it down,
0: dude. Yep, when you're in the pocket, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm with you. I, I agree with you. I like it. I like the song, I think it's great. I wow. think it's just one of those, uh, you know, where would I ever find this song if it wasn't for Sunny? I like it. I, I really actually like this song. I like the groove and I like the, the lyrics, and I think it's fun. And I like that it's it's a little bit different. I don't want the same shit they'll throw out the whole album. I like it. Now, let's go to the next track. And ugh, why do I know this fucking terrible song? <laughs> well, here we go.
0: crank me up 24 blue hut, hut. I don't, I don't understand why. I don't understand why that's in the front. If you didn't think they could get any faster. Well, here you go. The song rips for a couple of minutes before you get a little drum break to get a chance to breathe. I love the guitar riff. The song absolutely blasts you, gets your heart racing. Um, the simple snare hit before the first verse. Awesome. Then you start getting, and Zeus just said it, that ACDC vibe. The reason you're getting the ACDC vibe, the bullet boys go to is start, stop, start, stop, start, stop the music. Mm. So that way you can concentrate on what Mark is doing. Right. And I don't know if he does that because you want the vocal to stand out or he plans on playing guitar live, which he does. And he doesn't play usually when he's singing like the verse. Right. So I don't know. If that's why the start stop is happening, somebody basically told Mick, play as fast as you can. Thank God it doesn't last too long on the guitar solo. Then you get the boom, chakalaka, boom, chakalaka at the 302, which works for me. And the reason you have heard this song, ladies and gentlemen, oh. is because we have used it 310 times on Growing Up Rock as our intro to the Crank It Up Spotlight. That's why you know the song. Tom's text me goes, that's why I know this fucking song.
2: Why the fuck is this song starting out with him calling a football snap? <laughs> what, what does that have anything to do? How is that even remotely connected in any way shape? Blame or Ted! More? Blame Ted. This he song. This song just is fucking just terrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's terrible. What is happening here? This band? I'm telling you right now, this band has shown on a few songs that they can do good things. But every time they do something good, they go call a fucking <laughs> shotgun snap at the beginning of the grown-up rock theme. Why? It's terrible. It's got nothing to do with anything. The song is too fast. I was just saying how I don't like them do, going doing slow, like like hell on my heels or whatever the fuck that dumb song is. So instead they hit fast forward and they do "crank me up or whatever I don't even know the name of this song. <laughs> oh
1: God! Crank Me Up, written by the Bullet Boys and Slash Morris. Yeah, the 24 blue, 24 blue is just beyond stupid. Imagine him as a quarterback on the field doing his little wiggle. Get ready to 24 blue.
3: Like, dude,
1: he would get fucking annihilated. The, I, It's bad Van Halen. That's what I oh, came I up with.
2: This isn't Van Halen. This Hale is would, them
1: trying to come up with like a Van Halen shoot the preacher down <laughs> part two. And it's terrible. Go back to the first track, shoot the preacher down, stay in that lane. Yeah. This one, horrendous. And crank me up. No, <laughs> turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> we're not cranking this song up. This is just bad. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just no melody, nothing. Nope. Hopefully, they got two more tracks to redeem themselves. Let's go to uh, second to last.
0: Lands. All right. So Mick says we purposely didn't release a ballad. Warner Brothers didn't ask for one either. Um, Bullet Boys don't really like ballads anyway. This thing, I think, was supposed to be like one of these cynical songs about getting beat up in the L.A. scene, kind of like a welcome to the jungle type thing. When Mick had a demo, Mick had written this, and it was more like deal on the demo. So Ted kind of helped form the song. In the end, it's still like we're not talking about kissing kitties anymore, so it doesn't really match like the rest of the album. It's I don't ever really skip it, but I don't look forward to this song, and I never really uh kind of go after just this song to listen to it. And then when he said fuck around, I'm like, oh, Zeus is going to be all of the. Ooh, he said
1: fuck
2: around. Ooh, yeah. Bad boys. I'm sure. Badlands
0: sure, bad sure. and the There's bad, bad boys and the badlands. It's
1: in there. It's in the notes. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking Ted finally said, look, you guys, I have at least one serious song. Every song can't be fucking about kids and kitties. Like you guys got to have a serious (laughs) song in there somewhere, anybody got anything and Mick, you know, Mick brought this thing and Ted did the best he could with it. It's okay. It's not one of my favorites on the album.
2: Yeah. I just said that this is their attempt at trying to be heavy and harder and 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 get away from the kiss and kitty and the shoot the preacher down and try to be like a little serious, like, you know, with tough guys, like, no, you're not, you have blonde hair and black eyebrows. You're not tough. So just stop. Um, It's not a bad song, but Sonny, you, you, I think you kind of hit on it. Exactly. It's we, I say this a lot. We I mean, we say this about kiss. It's like, this is not what I want. When I listen to the bullet boys, like I, I, I want, I want more smooth up in you. I want more hard as a rock. I don't want badlands. Um, it's not a bad song. It's just not what it,
1: it's just not what I want to see them do. So yeah, it, it's okay. Badlands written by bullet boys. I think this is kind of them trying to be like Queens, I, I don't know. It's Ooh, like them whoa, trying to be uh, those, se- those, serious. Those like a little Prague-ish. It's just Prague. I, I it's just the the there's it reminds me of some of the tracks from Operation Minecraft. This does this sticks out like a sore thumb the way this song is written. Yeah. The vocals, the lyrics. Uh I like I I mean the chorus isn't bad. Um, it's catchy. The vocals are its usual insane. And yes, I did have the part where he says, Oh, we don't fool around. Oh, now we don't fuck around. We don't fuck around, fuck. Okay, tough guy. (laughs) Well, let's go to the last track.
0: Some may call it F number nine It's technically F sharp nine because Mick's story is this is what happens on a drunken night of jamming and writing songs and you need, to, you need to name your newest bitching tune and you can't think of something so you name it after the opening chord then later when you sober up you realize you ain't playing that chord.
3: Oh God.
0: <laughs> so they oh just my. left them. <laughs> Mark. Mark's story is We couldn't figure out a name, so we gave up. Um, I actually like the vocal melody. I like the tone of the verses. I like what most people would call the chorus, I guess, which is that do you want it sleazy? I could make it easy. Like, I I like that. Uh, Music just kind of plods along. Mark's telling kind of a story. The guitar solo is a little bit all over the place. But when have you ever heard the word Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles, okay nice so long greek word now we are in folk folklore we went from kissing kitties to like legend mephistopheles, folklore mephistopheles another word for the devil it's the devil yeah but uh,
2: like, Guy, <laughs> you, this, is, this is your band <laughs> don't ask us
0: i was surprised it was in the lyrics uh, the song's okay um there's parts of it i like but it just kind of plods along like i i'd rather have end on hard as a rock somehow you know what i mean but yeah. uh it's okay
2: yeah i i kind of have the same it's 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 a it's got a decent tempo decent groove decent quasi semi-chorus but why why is he howling why is he going Ow! like what are you because he can like why? Because why? he doesn't oh, want to be David Lee Roth. Like but, but I mean one song he's snapping footballs this is <laughs> hot like what like it's I don't under, I don't get this fucking album. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> it's all okay, buddy.
1: Uh <laughs> F number 9 credited to Bullet Boys again. I think this is sleazy fun. I think the vocals are cool. I think this is catchy. I like the chorus. And uh, uh, who who doesn't like a fucking song that drops Mephistopheles in the middle? Yeah, exactly. Just what the fuck is that? Anyways, the solo is pretty cool. I like it. It's catchy. Okay. And that wraps up uh, Bullet Boys debut. Final thoughts. Let's go to Sonny.
0: Well, if you haven't picked up on it, I really like this album. Um, the album's piece of my grown-up rock history. Uh, like I said before, the Bullet Boys in total to me, yeah, they're kind of like Cinderella, Rat. Like there's that first album, Tesla. They're that first album that's like lightning in a bottle type stuff. And then every album after that gets worse and worse and worse to me. Um, out of all the guys I've met, Mick, I haven't met any of the other guys. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. It was 35 years ago when I bought this album. I still listen to it probably once a month in full. I love this album. The problem with the Bullet Boys, the minute you say you are the next blank to, I guess, steal a Van Halen song, you're DOA. You're basically dead on arrival, right? Happened to Kingdom Come. It happened to whoever said they were the next Soundgarden, whoever said they were the next fucking Two Live Crew, whoever the next, you know, Madonna was. It's just the minute that happens, then you can't be yourself. And all people see is what they want to see is comparisons here. They give you a lot to compare it in the end. It ended up hurting them. It doesn't help. These four guys don't like each other. Never have, right? This is worse than Motley crew, except for they didn't kill anybody in a car that they don't like each other. Right. And it's, it's unfortunate, but lightning in a bottle to me, love the album. Yeah, it's.
2: (laughs) It it's a disjointed for me. It's disjointed. There's certain songs on here that showcase what the band could be, but I th- I just think there's too many things on this album that are just like just all over the place. The they 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 couldn't find like a cohesive sound, a cohesive groove. For me personally, I just think it's the the songs that I like, I I do like, and I'm glad that I was introduced to them by listening to the album. But yeah, it's eh, I don't know about this one.
1: All right. Uh, for me, this was a pleasant surprise. I really got poisoned by their second song, and I never gave the album a shot. I, I mean, this guy can sing. Is he? Can he still sing now, Sonny?
0: He, uh, he has most of his chops left. Like if you, when they were on the 2020 cruise, was he hitting every note like he had? But no, but he's still got the screams, still got the waggle. Um, yeah. He's still got the charisma. The guy's got charisma, whether you like it or not, doesn't really matter, but... The guy's got something and people like mm-hmm. it and they still sound good.
1: Yeah. I, again, everything starts off with like, oh, it's a sunny pick. Oh, fucking, this album sucks. Oh, they're... but I'm fair. I give it a listen. I like it. I like it. You know what I mean? I, I, I like this album. I really do. It's got a couple, cl- uh, you know, clunkers on it, but overall, I'm pleasantly surprised. So, you know what we do next? We rank these. Sonny, it's your album. Do you want to go first? Sure.
2: Number 10 for
0: me, Badlands. Yeah,
2: All right, number 10 for me. Sorry, Sonny.
1: It's uh your
2: theme. Crank me up.
1: It's not even fucking close, and one of the worst songs we've ever done on ARC. There's no fucking point to it. It's dumb for the love of money. For the love of God. Stop fucking doing bad covers.
0: Yep. Number nine for me just happens to be F. Sharp nine. Uh, Number nine for me is money, money, money.
1: Uh, Number nine for me is crank it up.
0: Uh, Number eight for me is hell on my heels. That is also my number eight.
1: Um, I'm going to go with number eight. I will go with uh, uh, Badlands.
0: All right. My number seven is for the love of money. Uh, My number seven is. Ode to Joe. Uh,
1: Number seven for me is
0: F number nine. Or F nine, whatever the fuck you call it. Number six for me is Smooth Jalapeno.
4: What?
2: Wow, you got that six. Six. Jesus Christ, you must really like this album. Six for me is F number nine. I'll make six. uh, Shoot the preacher
0: down. My number five is Crank Me Up think it might be because I've heard it 300. I was just going to say I, that.
1: I figured that would
0: be for 10. <laughs> uh, number five
1: for me is Badlands. I boys, let's go with Ode to Joe at five.
0: And that is my number four. My number four is Shoot the Preacher Down.
1: Number four for me, I'm going to go with Hard as a Rock.
0: Oh, wow. Number three for me is kissing Kitty. That's my number three.
1: Number three for me is uh, One, Two, Fuck You. Wow. Hell on my heels.
0: Number two for me is Shoot the Preacher Down. Uh, Number two for me is Smooth
1: Up In Ya. You guys are insane. Uh, Number two for me is... Kissing kitty. I can't believe I'm saying this. That makes my number one hard as
2: a rock. Wow. Me and Sonny, same number one. Yep.
1: Number one,
0: Smooth Up In You. It's the best song. Wow. Okay. All right. So our collective number four, By a Landslide, was Shoot the Preacher Down. Our collective number three was Smooth Up In You. Our collective number two was kissing kitty, yeah. And our collective number one is hard as a rock. All right, there you go. That's the poll. <laughs> Perfect.
1: All right, guys. Next, we start ranking this album overall. Yeah. Let's first go to album cover. Uh, Sonny, you want to give us your top
0: five? Uh my top five right now, five is moving pictures, four is rage against the machine, because you know, I can't get that sight out of my mind. Of homie lighting himself on fire. The three for three is come and get it, two is light it in, and one is peace of mind. I actually really like this cover, so I've got it at number ten. Wow. Um, below Black Tiger and right in front of Blizzard of Oz.
2: All right, my top five covers are number five Highway to Hell, Moving Pictures, Rage Against the Machine, Blizzard of Oz, and Purple Rain. Uh, this cover is dumb. And its <laughs> ranking will show that. I don't know if this is worse than Blood and Cum or that boring Van Halen photo. Uh, but I, you know, j- just to keep the joke alive. I am going to put a bullet through an apple above OU812. It'll be number 36 for me.
1: Wow. All right. Hey, by the way, Sonny, is it bullet boys two words?
0: No. no. It's one so double- if you ask Mark, he will tell you, it's bullet boys one word with the second B? Til cap- right, the capital or tilted okay. B. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. Number five, slide it in for peace of mind. Three appetiti, two blizzard, one hotel California. Um I'll put this I'll put this slightly above don't say no at 32.
0: God, you'd rather see feet? No. I no, don't. it's above
2: feet. I'd, ra- I'd rather see a busted apple than feet. Yeah. Well, I'd rather see blood and come than fucking a, an apple. <laughs> so that's where that's where we're at.
0: All right. Here we go. Albums. All right. So my top five right now, Appetite for Destruction is five. Slide it in four. Hailstorm three. Purple Rain two. Black Tiger one. I have about 40 Desert Island albums on my list. We have reviewed 10 of them wow. on this podcast. Okay. This is one of those albums. What? I have it at number eight. Oh, my lordy, lordy. In- right below once bitten right above back for the attack my god shoot the poony down is what we need to do right now this album makes me feel so good
2: okay well that's if it makes you feel good that's what it's all about all right my top five albums number five pearl jam 10 rage against the machine shout at the devil purple rain moving pictures the good songs on this album I really, really enjoy, but there's just too much fucking dead weight to lift this album very high. But I do like those top three or four songs I think are really strong, but the rest of the album is just, it's just too much dead weight for me. Um, this is going to go at number 32 for me. It's going to go right below OU812 and right above Black Tiger.
1: All right. So for me, I've got Appetity. At five, four, Pyromania, three, Blizzard, uh, two, Hotel California, number one, Automatic for the People. Where am I putting this fucking album? Tom is going to want to disown me as a partner, but I am putting this just under load and above rage. I'm sorry. I like No, no no, it. no, 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 no.
2: You know what's funny about this? Your tastes are slowly starting to approach the terribleness of sunny. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually not... I'm actually not that surprised <clears throat> that, that you think that this is better than Rage Against the Machine. That, that's so mind-numbingly brain-cramping <laughs> to me that I can't even... It's
1: also above Purple Rain yeah, nailed that, that, to that's, the game, that,
2: That's but, but, but then again, you have Automatic for the People number one, so I think that speaks more volumes than any rankings.
1: How so. can that be that bad? You have it in the top ten. Yeah. I don't yeah, have it number a number one. bad thing that I have it at one, then. I'm just saying. Yeah, so that's that's kind of no. Mo- I it's rage is too top heavy. I think there's two bad songs on this album. You don't have to Everything explain else yourself. I like, yeah, that's fine. No, I'm just, I'm giving you my, my thoughts on it. And I, uh and I'm pleasantly surprised these sunny picks that I would fucking mock. Somehow. I feel like, I feel like the Patreon picks are my least favorite picks. Sunny's picks to me are better which I, I'm so glad you said that, and I'm so glad that is recorded
2: for all of eternity that you are aligning yourself closer with Sonny Pooty <laughs> no. than with me and our I, listeners. I don't Folks, know. You heard it here.
1: Shoot the Zeus and Pooty down. <laughs> Fuck them both. I'm just saying, I don't know what's going on, but I do. And I he doesn't do me any favors. Every one of my picks he puts dead last, <laughs> and he never fucking makes me want to help vote for him for his albums but i do look what you've done now sonny
0: hey what can i say
1: well i've got my big neck so we'll see what happens um guys let's go do what we do uh at the end of the show and that is this
0: All right, so rock hard uh, for this episode. I'm going with a movie. Uh, The movie is called Derailed. It was released in 2005. Uh, It looks like Tom's seen it before. Basically, it's a crime thriller based on a novel um, called Derailed by James Siegel. The story is based on what's called a Badger Game Con. So I don't want to ruin the movie for people because you really need to go see it, especially when you hear that Clive Owen and Jennifer Aniston are in the movie.
2: Awesome movie.
0: They basically, their characters meet on a train. They don't know each other, and they're both married, and they get very, very interested in each other. Um, I will tell you, without ruining the movie for you, that the moral of the story is everybody has a weakness, and there's always people out there that are willing to benefit on what your weakness is. If you are a Clive Owen or a Jennifer Aniston fan and you're wondering how you missed this movie, dude, this is one of those movies that went fucking straight to video. Like, there's no way this movie was going to make it to the big screen. If it did, it lasted a week. But I'm telling you, the movie is worth a watch. Yes, it is. Clive and Jennifer Aniston do really, really well in this movie. I was surprised I liked it because when I, when I first it, I'm like, wait a second, who's in this movie? And then I, it hooked me like about seven or eight minutes in, yep. and then it surprised me how good it was.
2: Yeah. So Tom, see. you've seen this movie? I saw. I saw it when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I. I thought it was. I remember it because you don't want to give too much away, but it's. It, it's worth. It's definitely worth checking out. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, all right. For me, I'm going with a Netflix series that I, I honestly I think I stumbled upon it by. Going through Netflix and one of the podcasts I listened to briefly mentioned it, but I had no idea what the hell it was. So it, it's a series called Beef. Okay. And it stars Steven Yun Yin from uh Walking Dead Fame. And uh also stars Ali Wong. It's everybody in the everybody in the show is Asian. It's 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 uh I believe it's produced by uh by an Asian um writer, director, whatever. And it's a series that's it's called Beef because the the two the two main characters they get into a beef a road rage argument um and it's like a black comedy drama i I, wikipedia explains it like this a near accident in a parking lot turns two strangers into enemies the tit-for-tat relationship that develops leads to escalating acts of revenge as they both learn about each other's lives identities and families and become more and more involved it's it's crazy. It's it's unique. It's different. It's well written and well acted. Uh, I think it's 10 episodes. I'm not even done with it. I'm at episode eight. Um, I've never been bored because you're like, what the fuck are these people doing? What is the end game here? Um, it's it's worth checking out. It's really interesting. It's called
1: beef. Can I ask you? Yeah. Is it in English? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're all not they like are, a Korean. No, 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 no,
2: they're They're all, they're all Asian American uh, actor. They all okay. speak, you know, per- perfect English and everything. Yeah, it's it's very interesting
0: because yeah, I don't know where you were going with that, but like, I'll go to Netflix. I'm like, God, that looks interesting. I'm like, oh, I don't want to read subtitles right now. They Netflix has so
2: many, especially in their horror, especially in their horror section. They have so many Asian and European horror movies. And I'm like, OK, do I want to watch Terrible dubbing, or do
1: I want to read this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The reason why is because my pick is uh, well, I'll take it a step back. Uh, while we were in Vegas, Tom and I went and went to the mob, the mafia mob, whatever museum. Yep, loved it. Loved amazing, it. very cool. Towards the end, they have like on the way out the gift shop. They had a thing about. Never mind all the mobsters on the wall. But they had a thing about, like, famous characters from mob movies. And they would have a little segment about them. You know what I mean? There would be De Niro from Godfather 2, uh, this guy from Goodfellas, and just different stuff. And then one of the only ones that I hadn't seen was, and I liked this because in the mob museum, they didn't just stick to the Italian genre. Oh, yeah. They had a big thing there on Narcos. Yep. And I was reading. I'm like, oh, shit, they're giving shit away because they were talking about, like, the character and the actor and what was. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I was like, what mob thing am I going to do when I get back? So I got into Narcos.
0: Okay. Don't say so- anything because
2: I haven't watched it yet.
0: Oh, it was great. I loved it.
1: So you see, you've you seen it, Sonic. Oh, yeah. So I finished season one, season two. Yep. Season one and season two is all on Pablo Escobar. I don't know because I I enjoy the fact when I watch these series and things like that, that you can go back and then look in Wikipedia and be like, okay, that guy's real. Okay. That guy's based on something. Did this really happen? When did this, because as you said, when you talked about your show, Tom, there's not one fucking episode that you're like, this is dragon. Yeah. But the problem with this show is I'm so into it. I can't eat while watching it. I can't <laughs> not pay attention and fuck around my phone because 90% of it is all in Spanish and you need the subtitles. But it works because of the acting and stuff. So there are obviously American English speaking characters in part of the show. But if you really want to stand it, especially the guy playing Pablo Escobar, because he's a great actor and you want to hear what Pablo's saying because the shit that happened, you're just like, no way what, what, what did this go on all these years it's sh- shocking um i'm into about season uh i'm in episode five on season three season three i think they transition all the actors and they go into mexico and they start doing the mexican cartel
0: yeah so
1: i'm about episode five i don't think i think it stopped after episode season three yeah but i will say the acting's incredible Pedro Pascal's in it He's one of the major uh, DEA agents So the acting is fantastic The shit is fast And if you like mob stuff And mafia and guns It'll also piss you off To see the shit that was happening And the sadness of all these Human beings that were just Fucking Annihilated over this crazy drug war Um, Narcos On Netflix fucking awesome you should check it out
0: nice yeah it gets me two ways when i watch that stuff one is i'm like wait a second i lived through this how come i see this shit on tv or what i might not have been paying attention like who knows right but then nothing makes me mad more than i'm watching and i've purposely picked something that doesn't have fucking subtitles and then half the shit's in spanish. Yeah. Right? Cuz then it's like, "Oh, now I got to Queen of the South." Remember that? I don't know if you ever seen yeah, that, Love I that show. I think I've heard
1: about it. That's yeah. Like
0: it's only about 10 or 15, lady, right? Yeah. It's only about 10 or 15% Spanish and it's like, "God damn it. Like I can't do shit." Okay. I yeah. guess I gotta sit here and watch this now. <laughs> you can't <laughs> right? multitask. You can right.
1: eat your meal and watch. You can't fuck around your phone cuz you're like, "What the fuck is? What did Pablo just say? <laughs> because something happens in the next <laughs> scene. You're like, fuck, I have to go back now. I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating shit though. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Shit.
1: So, Sonny, tell us where we can find you.
0: I'm uh easy to find. Uh grownuprock.com. Uh, we're part of Pantheon now too.
2: Yes, Woo! congrats. Yeah.
0: So Woo-hoo! this is our first full month on Pantheon. Awesome.
2: Congrats. Um,
0: the the Slack channel, dude. Oh, dude! The Slack channel is crazy. There's dude, way we, too much we, going on there. We, we could do an episode
1: on the fucking stupidity of the fucking some of the people. Are like, I don't understand how is this useful for me? And or, then, or, 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 or they're like, I'm interviewing the
2: guy that tuned the xylophone on the fourth Bob Seger record. Anybody interested? No. <laughs> no.
0: Now we did no. get a good interview out of it because we interviewed Tony Zimmerman from Knucklebones. Dude, that, that dude, Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah! The guy cool. that does
1: the the guy that does the fi- the statue yeah. the, the yeah. figure yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just the dude. And by the way, can somebody God bless him, I love him. Somebody decipher when Martin Parboff talks on the Slack channel, he's what weird. the fuck he, it means? He's so because <laughs> it's he's I know the words are in he, English, he's, he's but too I have academic. No idea he, what the I, fuck we he's we saying. we
2: love we love that guy. He just he's <laughs> he's too academic. There's yeah. some
1: sort of like an AI app now people can use. Well, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then Peter, the guy, one of the heads of Peter. Peter. Yeah, <laughs> It's just like, use it if you want to. <laughs> well, I don't understand. How can this help me? The guy's like, fucking stop. That.
2: <laughs> Peter's like, if you don't want to use it, don't. Other people might.
0: <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> so funny. the Slack channel is crazy. It's
2: fucking oh, crazy.
0: Yeah. And then uh, PRC Sunday nights yeah. on YouTube. Um Got a good thing going there. I think we're about at 10 years. Wow. God bless. Have you, you
1: been there for about? Now I know you haven't been there since the beginning.
0: No, I've been there six. Six, six wow. of the 10 years, huh? Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tom, where can people find us?
2: Yeah, go to our website, uh, shoutoutloudcast.com. If this is your first time here in the show, well, we apologize that you were introduced to us by listening to a Bullet Boys album review. But we are an all-kiss podcast. We drop new episodes every Saturday, and then once a month we do these album review crew episodes with Sonny. Uh, but yeah, check us out on our website. You can find all of our episodes, Shoutout Loudcast album review crew, our Zeppelin thing, our other Dome Damage sidecast. Uh, all the links are on there. And then we're on social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And again, as Sonny mentioned, we're all in the family now with Pantheon. Uh, so check us out. And our email address also is shout out loudcast at gmail.com.
1: We always like to end on famous last words. Sonny, start us off, buddy.
0: Oh, this is going to be a good one. It's so bad. I dig the way you smile at me, the way you lick. Your lips. I dig the way you duh, 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 do me. Do me with your finger tip, 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 tips.
2: Was that Bell Biv DeVoe do me?
0: <laughs> that was a great song. I love that
2: song. It's a great song. All right. Uh, I don't have my lyrics, are not sexy. They're actually quite offensive once I read them just when i thought that he was dead got right back on his feet and this is what he said black is bad white is right but white by day is black by night what the fuck is going on with this It's the next line that's great.
1: Shoot the bridge. Yeah, down?
2: exactly. What the fuck are we doing oh, here?
1: I thought Do we got rid of, of all the <laughs> all the potential minds that we went over when we talked about race before. Nope. But we have to ad, end on it. And
2: I end with the hey, he wrote it. I didn't write I didn't write it. He wrote it.
1: All right. So I'm gonna end with these words. We've said it a few times already. One, two. And I'm pointing fuck to me and Tom. <laughs> fuck you.
2: Nice. Greatest lyric ever.
1: How could he use it? Okay, you guys ready? Okay. One, two, fuck you. Do that when you
2: start coaching hockey next year. Everybody in the huddle. Ready? One, two. No, no, no. One, <laughs> two, fuck you.
1: Hey, ref, give me one second. No, no, no. Give me one, two, fuck you. Yes.
4: <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Fuck you. Fuck you, too. <laughs> All right, Sonny, Tom, Loudcasters, everybody out there, Bullet Tards. (laughs) I don't know what else is left. Thank you.
0: Always a good time, Chief Zeus. (laughs) We're back, baby.
2: Chief. Guys, (laughs) I'm never going to let that go. uh, Don't, don't, that's okay. I'll own it. Walk Uh... away, Chief. Walk away. great great episode sunny fun pick Uh, everybody we love you out there especially all of you kitty kissers Uh, and Zeus as always my friend thank you
1: peace out girl scout
2: Jack be nimble Jack be quick Jack burnt off his fucking dick
3: it's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football